Thanks for checking out our Legacy Church podcast. We know you will be blessed and encouraged by today's message. Now, here's Pastor Ron. We're living in a time, it's, it's strange. I mean, it feels strange. It still feels strange. I'm not sure we'll ever get used to what we're experiencing right now. And it's so easy to really get overwhelmed by the bad news. You hear bad news everywhere. I mean, you put on the TV, it's bad news. You listen to the radio, it's bad news. You look at signs even on the highway. Everything is pointing to this giant virus. And, and there's a spirit of fear and even dread that I believe is in the atmosphere that the enemy wants to put on us. And it would be disingenuous for me to say, hey, just live the way we normally live because people are hurting. Uh, people are losing you know, finances. They're losing their jobs and so forth. But I also know that, that in Christ we have tremendous hope. And I believe that this word is going to encourage you today. But it is weird. It's weird. It's weird going to the market, market and, and you have to wear your mask. And, and what's even more weird is when someone compliments you and says, hey, what a great looking mask. And you kind of don't know how to take it. Like, are they saying, hey, you look better with your face covered? I mean, how do you take that as a compliment? But it's so funny. And it's interesting that people are complimenting each other on their mask. But God has given us a word. And it's an encouragement that we can grab hold of during this time. It's in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. The Bible says that God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And this scripture has been resonating in my spirit over the past couple of weeks because I really believe that God wants us to go through this time in encouragement. He wants us to walk this time on a path of encouragement. It's easy to take the path of despair. But that's not for you. It's not for me. As children of God, as people of faith, we know that we don't walk in this world alone. We have Christ by our side. I know people uh, during this time are taking up all different kinds of hobbies. You see that on Facebook. And for some reason, my wife has gotten into, I don't know if you want to call it, um, you know, bird watching, or, but I just know it's just a, a bird kick. She's on a bird kick, and we have, we have bird feeders now in the front of the house. We have bird feeders in the back of the house. We have all kinds of bird feeders. We have hummingbird feeders, and now she's, she's got me putting oranges out for the birds. I'm, I'm saying, Lori, these birds are going to have to go on Weight Watchers if you keep doing what you're doing. And uh, she's even got us watching the big year with Jack Black and Steve Martin about bird watchers. So it's interesting. But I realize, as <laughs> I want to say, you know, Lori, you're becoming like Dr. Doolittle. But I, I think she might be becoming more like Jesus because there's a passage of Scripture where Jesus says in Matthew 6, 26, Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? I want us to know today, I want you to know that you are valuable to God. 
God knows every circumstance of life. He knows when we're in the valleys. He knows when we're struggling with fear and worry. He knows when the atmosphere is just filled with dread and despair. But God wants you to know that you are in his thoughts. You are in his mind. You are in his heart today. So I want to read a story, a great story from the book of Samuel. If you have your Bible, you can turn to 1 Samuel chapter 30, and we'll begin with verse 8. And this is a story of one of my favorite Bible heroes, King David or David. And, and we know that David was, was much like us. He had many failures in his life. He wasn't perfect. You know, he had his ups and his downs. He had his mountaintop experiences. He had his valley experiences. And so when we read the life of David, we can really relate to him. And what I love about the Lord is God doesn't look at people many times the way we look at people. We tend to judge people's spirituality by what's happening on the outside and maybe by their works. But the Lord looks at people's hearts and he said about this about David. He said that David is a man after his own heart. And that gives us courage. That encourages us to the, uh, about the level of God's mercy, the level of God's love, the level of God's love as he looks upon us in all of our times of struggles and all of our times of failures. God is still with us and he wants to encourage us. Let's look at this this great story in the book of Samuel. I'll begin reading from verse 1. David and his men reached Ziglag on the third day. Now the Amalekites had raided the Negev and Ziklag. They had attacked Ziklag and they burnt it and had taken captive the women and everyone else in it, both young and old. They killed none of them, but they carried them off as they went on their way. And when David and his men reached Ziklag, they found it destroyed by fire, and their wives and sons and daughters had been taken captive. They enslaved their families. So David and his men, they wept aloud. They cried until they had no strength left to weep. And David's two wives had been captured, Ahimonim of Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal of Carmel, and David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. His own men started rising up and putting blame on David, even though it wasn't his, his problem. Each one was bitter in spirit because of his sons and daughters. But David, listen to this, David found strength in the Lord his God. In the King James Version of the Bible, this sentence says David encouraged himself. He encouraged himself. Then David said to Abiadar, the priest, the son of Hamilmelech, bring me the ephod. Abiathar brought it to him, and David inquired of the Lord. And he asked the Lord, shall I pursue, pursue this raiding party? Will I overtake them? And the answer was, pursue them. Pursue your enemy, he answered. You will certainly overtake them and you will succeed in the rescue. And we know that, that David ended up gathering the spoils from, from going back after his enemies, and he was replenished 
even more so than what he had. So here's a story of David, a mighty ruler, anointed by God. He has 600 warriors. These are the toughest guys. They are killers. And they come home from battle with all their spoils, probably exhausted, so excited to be home. They're used to having one victory after another. When these guys would come into town, everyone would cheer them, and, and they're excited for their families to be back together. And what do they find? They find their homes destroyed. They find their, their community ransacked. Their children and their wives were taken into slavery. It was an unexpected event. It was an unexpected attack. Not unlike our world today, where it seemed as though everything was at the height of, of prosperity and, and happiness and, and people having jobs, the lowest unemployment rate, and to over now 20 million people being un, unemployed. There has been a, a surprise attack against our nation and the world. But what does the Bible say? And this is what I want to talk about today. The Bible says that David encouraged himself. David encouraged himself. There will be times in our lives where nothing and no one can give you what you need in your spirit. You can't turn even to your spouse. You can't turn to friends and family, even your church, to give you what you need to do for yourself. David had to encourage himself. See, to walk on a path of encouragement doesn't mean that you will not experience sorrow. Matter of fact, the Bible talks about Jesus being a man who was acquainted with sorrow. In Isaiah 53, 3, the Bible says he was despised, he was rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. But when you read the words of Jesus, he was the most positive, hopeful, encouraging person to ever live on the earth because he encouraged himself. See, David and his mighty men did, weren't in a place where they weren't experiencing sorrow. They didn't just throw their brains away. They experienced sorrow. The Bible says they cried. They, they experienced emotional oppression. They cried. They wept. There will be times in our life where there is nothing that we can do but cry. You suffer loss. There's, there's much loss happening right now. What do you do? People cry. We experience sorrow. We have emotional hurt. David had lost their homes, their wives, their children. See, many times when we experience sickness, when we experience financial pressure, stresses of life, struggles even with, with marriage and with our kids, it will bring you to a place where you just need to cry. And it's okay. It's okay to cry. But the good news is that you will always get through a trial, and a tribulation. You will always get through times of trials, tribulations, sorrow, unexpected negative happenings in our life, like what's happening now in our world. We will get through as long as we stay with the Lord on the path of encouragement.
to stay encouraged, to learn how to encourage yourself, which I'm going to talk about and give us keys on how to encourage yourself. I remember thinking back in my life of a time where I did a lot of crying. I did a lot of weeping. And I was under such emotional pressure because of a financial issue that I was dealing with. And, uh, and I've shared this before where I just felt the weight of the world on my shoulders because I didn't know what to do. There was nothing I can do. I was ready to lose everything that I owned. And I remember walking out into a field and just crying and weeping and asking, God, God, will you help me? I remember coming to church early in the mornings alone in the sanctuary and just crying and say, God, will you help me? You know, even tears are created by God. Tears are created by God to cleanse us, to release us from sorrow, from fear, from worry and despair. And it's many times at the end of your tears where you see God begin to work. So I want to today give us three ways to encourage yourself. Three ways to encourage yourself. Number one, call upon the person that Jesus has sent to us to encourage us, and that is the Holy Spirit. It is such good news to know that I am not alone. You're not alone. Jesus said, I will not leave you as orphans. I will send you a helper. I will send you a comforter. I will send you someone that will encourage you. But I think many times the, the name Holy Spirit doesn't come to our lips. We're not even thinking that the Holy Spirit is by my side. He's within me. That I have a friend who's with me. I have God who's with me in the form of His Spirit. The Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit. See, if someone's breaking into your house, you call the cops. If someone, if there's a fire in your house, you call the fire department. Well, if your spirit is overwhelmed, if you're under tremendous pressure and, and the spirit is trying to get upon you, call the Holy Spirit. Call upon this person of the Holy Spirit. Let his name be upon your lips. Holy Spirit, I call unto you. Find the time to get alone. Close your eyes. Lift your hands. Put some worship on. Call upon the person of the Holy Spirit. David said this in Psalm 51.10. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. David understood that without the Holy Spirit, there is no hope. There's no healing. There's no encouragement. There's no deliverance. The Holy Spirit is sent by Jesus to encourage us. And he says, restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Second, when you are in a time of, of fear, worry, oppression, where the enemy even will try to put a blanket of the Spirit upon you. You need to cast off that blanket. Call upon the Holy Spirit. And secondly, begin to remind yourself of God's goodness and mercy in your life. Begin to think back of every good thing 
that God has done for you. See, David, I'm sure, had to remind himself. His, his house was burned down. The houses of all his friends were burned down. His, his family was enslaved. He had to remind himself, I remember God when you were with me. When I was facing another giant, his name was Goliath, and you came and you gave me power, Lord, and you came and you walked with me. You came and you gave me strength, God. You came and you anointed my five stones. You know, think it only took David one stone to kill the giant, and there were four extra stones Maybe because God always gives you more than enough to handle the problems that come your way. So when the Spirit tries to get on you, begin to give thanks to God. Ask yourself, am I out on the street begging for bread? Because I'm sure with the Lord you're going to say, no, that's not true. God has supplied my needs. I might be struggling, but God has met my needs because God keeps his promises i was just speaking to a few people this week that were giving me their testimony of coming into our church and and they were bound by alcohol and addiction and and now they're free and they're so thankful to god that god has set them free from addiction we have to remember even the joy of our salvation sometimes we have to go back to our salvation and think, where was I before Jesus? Where was I? Where was I heading before Jesus? Start to think and remember the good things that God has done for you. You know, my, my wife had lost her mom when she was two. She lost her brother when she was eight. She lost her dad when she was 11. My parents grew up in starvation on the streets of Italy during World War II, in the midst of death and, and dead bodies and, and horrific things. But how did they stay secure? How did they stay sane? How did they walk in blessing? They encouraged themselves in the Lord. They held on to God. They called upon Jesus as they knew him at that time. See, David did not let despair overtake him. He would not allow the enemies of his life to rule over him. The losses he experienced, they were real, but he would not allow himself to stay there. So number two, remind yourself of God's goodness. And number three, put on your ephod. We see that, that David, after experiencing loss, after crying with his men, he got up and he put on an ephod, which was an elaborate priestly garment worn by high priests with two prophetic stones within the breastplate called the Urim and the Thummim. And we see that David did not allow the spear to be his identity. He rose up in his spiritual identity. He rose up as a priest, and the Bible says that in Christ we are all priests. And he, and he sought the Lord, not in despair. He sought the Lord in encouragement. He put on his garment, his priestly garment of praise, strength, and spiritual authority. Those two stones were, were prophetic stones. 
and he put on his prophetic mantle, his spiritual identity in Christ. See, there'll be evil powers in this time that will try to rule you. There'll be despair that tries to become like a blanket to cover you. And I'm even reminded of Moses and, and Pharaoh in Egypt, where Pharaoh and Egypt tried to dictate to Moses, the church, God's people, what it was to do and what not to do. But Moses rose up in his priestly authority. And if you have Christ in your life, we have the same authority within us. And Moses rose up and he declared this over God's, God's people. And I want to declare this over you today as the church in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 33. It says, there is no one like the God of Jezruin who rides across the heavens to help you and on the clouds in his majesty. The eternal God is your refuge, and underneath are the everlasting arms. He will drive out your enemies before you. Do you have enemies coming against you? If you have fear, worry, despair, circumstances that are tormenting you, God gives you a word today. God is your refuge. He will drive out your enemies before you. See, we need to declare, I will not bow down to despair. I will not bow down to fear and worry. I will declare who God is. God is my healer. God is my provider. God is my redeemer. He's my savior. He's my deliverer. He rides across the heavens, the Bible says, to help you. He rides across the heavens to help you. And the Bible says, in verse 27 of Deuteronomy 33, the eternal God is your refuge. He's the one who protects you. And underneath are the everlasting arms. See, the word underneath in the Hebrew means at the bottom. Even when we hit rock bottom, God is there to help us. Even when we hit rock bottom, because we're on the road of encouragement with the Lord, God is there on that road to help you. Corey Ten Boone said, There is no pit too deep that God isn't deeper still. One of my favorite quotes. There is no pit too deep that God isn't deeper still. Ephesians 3.20 God is able to do far more than we could ever ask or imagine. He does everything by his power. Now listen to this. That is working in us. God's power is already within us. When we accept Christ into our life, the Holy Spirit is given to us. His power is within us. And with that power, we have the ability to encourage ourselves. Will there be times where we experience loss? Will there be times where we cry? Of course, we live on this earth. Is this a time of, of you know, worry and fear that, that's being communicated in the atmosphere? Of course, of course, we're all experiencing that. But we have victory in Christ. And there might be a time in your life, and maybe it's now, where you're weeping because of a certain circumstance. But I want to encourage you today 
to put on the garment of encouragement. Put on a garment of praise. Get up. Wash your face. Get on that path with the Lord. Call upon the Holy Spirit. Remind yourself of the good things, the mercy that God has given you in your life. As you think, God will remind you of all the times that he's rescued you, all the times he's been with you. And number three, put on the ephod. Put on your identity in Christ. Put on a prophetic mantle where you start declaring the truth of God's word, who God is in your life. I want to pray for you if you need encouragement today. And I first want to pray for those of you who've never accepted Jesus Christ into your life. You are watching this program because God has brought you to this broadcast and he's reaching out to you at this time. It's not coincidence that you're watching. And I want to give you the opportunity to invite Jesus in your life because the Bible says that he died for our sins, that God so loved the world, he gave Jesus his son for us, for our sins, for our mistakes. And he loves you. There's no sin that he can't forgive. He is a gift to the world, but it takes us receiving him. It takes us in our free will, not being coerced, but in our hearts asking God, Will you come into my life? Jesus, will you come into my life? I'm tired of doing life alone. The way I've been living isn't working. I need God. I need His power. I need His love, His his endowment of the Holy Spirit in me. Will you pray this prayer with me? Because as you pray this prayer, the Holy Spirit's going to come into your heart and Jesus will forgive your sins and give you eternal life in heaven. Let's bow our heads and pray. Just repeat these words after me. Dear Jesus, forgive me of all my sins. I've received Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And I ask you, Lord, to fill me with your Holy Spirit. Write my name in the book of life. Deliver me from my past. Deliver me from evil. And empower me today to live my life for you, Jesus. And in Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with family and friends. It helps so much. For more content from Legacy and to connect with us, go to LegacyChurchRI.com. The best is yet to come.